0: Amen. Let's open our Bibles, please, to 1 Corinthians, chapter 14. 1 Corinthians, chapter 14, we are studying about our spirit and the three types of men. And we're going to look at something very important. Uh, You need to know this, you need to know the doctrine, and you need to know prepared. You need to be prepared uh, in case you uh, run into this situation Um, I have not really had a lot of dealings with the charismatic people for quite a few years now, but uh, early on in in the ministry, I dealt with it quite often. So you will run into this. You need to know it. Uh, Let's look at 1 Corinthians 14, verse 27. If any man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by two, or at the most by three, and that by course and let one interpret. For if there be no interpreter, let him keep silence in the church and let him speak to himself and to God. Let the prophets speak two or three and let the other judge. If anything be revealed to another that sitteth by, let the first hold his peace. For ye may all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be comforted and the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace as in all churches of the saints. So we have this order structure that gives us unity. Uh, So there is no confusion, and that brings peace. So look at verse 32. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. All right, let's pray. Father, we pray that we'd understand we have power through volition, free will, to control our own spirit, that we do not need to be dominated uh, by someone else, something else. We're in control of our own life to whom we yield ourselves. We pray that we'd understand uh, the power, the doctrine, and the practical application. Help us to know uh, the baptism of the Spirit and to be ready and willing to give an answer to every man that asketh us of the hope that is within us. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So I was talking about this with Brother Powell. This is very interesting. Just say this, food for thought. Just think if Brother Ruckman was still here, the great deep studies he could give on this. He probably gave some in his books. But uh, these things that are happening in the world are not to make us depressed or pessimistic. We should get very excited because we have the one true God we are on the winning side we already have the victory faith is the victory that overcometh the world now you couldn't make this up the many things are happening politically we need to remember these things are spiritual so there is a revival of the wrong type uh, of the worship of this principality of uh ishtarte it's also ishtar where we get our easter and uh, it's called other names in other ancient cultures but this was the female goddess of perverted sex and she destroyed the family she was also hermaphrodite she had both genders of sex in her body she had the power to turn a man into a woman and a woman into man what does this sound like You're reading the news. But anyway, just just for food for thought, you know what her name was? The Rainbow Goddess. You, You could not make this stuff up. Look it up. And she was violent. It's right there. We are in the last of the last of the last days. We are on the winning side. Amen. So man is a threefold being body, soul, and spirit. So physically, God said in John, he would have our us to prosper and be in good health as our soul prospereth. So your soul, if you have a healthy soul, this will give you physical health. And then the spirit of man, a little less, this is uh, the word wind or energy, the vital principle. The quality of the energy by which we live our life in the soul, inside the body of flesh. So the the goal is to have a healthy spirit, healthy soul, healthy body. And Paul said in Romans 1-9, I serve God with my spirit. So you don't serve God with your body. A lot of people get their body in the right place, and that's important, but it it does nothing or it is not empowered or emboldened with a quality spirit, which is empowered by the Holy Spirit. So our soul is the real you, your personality, your, uh, your affections, your desires, your motives, these types of things. And so the soul answers to God. It is the soul that sinneth, it shall surely die. And then we serve God and we live life by the Spirit. So this is very important when we look at the uh, text. So you have in this text of apostolic gifts, and I want to remind you, all of these no longer exist. All right? So a, we're looking at three types of people. Natural man, carnal man, spiritual man. Natural man is lost without God, without hope. He needs to be saved. He has no potential to ever be spiritual. Then you have those Christians who are saved, but they're still worldly. They're still carnal. They're still fleshly, they have the potential to be spiritual. They're just not yet. They have not grown in grace and applied biblical principles. So the goal is for us to be spiritual. Now in this 1 Corinthians 14, we have prophecy, the proclaiming of truth from God, revelation. Then you had the gift of tongues, and then you had The interpretation of tongues. So the carnal Corinthians, and I'm sure there were exceptions to the rule. Not all Corinthians were carnal, most likely. There were some spiritual ones, but they had a problem with confusion. So God is not the author of confusion. The devil is the author of confusion. If you're troubled right now, if you're confused, That's the work of the devil. If you get order in your life and you will have peace in your life, and that is the work of God in your life. But so they were having these uses of spiritual gifts. They were misinformed. They were abusing the gifts. They did not know the doctrine. So they were confused. And so here's what was happening. They were trying to do this out of order in the wrong way. And this is the way a lot, a lot of people live. But there were, say, three prophets. And they would all start prophesying at the same time. Now, what would happen if uh, five people in this room stood up, everybody started prophesying at the same time? You couldn't understand any of them. It would be chaos. So Paul said... One at a time. And if somebody else had something to say later on, let the others hold their peace. That's the Bible term. Hold your peace. Notice we're trying to have peace. But chaos, you know, you've been in certain places maybe where it's just too loud, too too annoying, distractions from every side, hard to just dwell in calmness uh, and have peace. That was, that was happening in the church services. And then tongues, which is the preaching of the word of God in another language so other people could understand it. So remember, uh, back then, they didn't all speak English like us. And some people still can't speak English. Uh, but uh, so there could be somebody from Spain, somebody from Germany. There could be a Greek. There could be a Hebrew, there could be somebody from France, and if somebody had the gift of tongues, everybody heard what they said in their own language. It was a total miracle. Now, there had to be, though, somebody else there who had the gift of interpretation of tongues that could interpret what was being said because the person saying it didn't even know. The interpretation of it. And, and so everything was getting out of order. Too many things happening at the same time. And so in the carnality of the Corinthian church, they had no responsibility. They were not being accountable to their own spirit. So they were making excuses uh, like most people do. It's not my fault. I felt this way. It just came out. Uh, But they weren't taking responsibility. So the chaos, no order, no control. Why? There was no what the Bible calls temperance, self-control, self-discipline, which is a part of the fruit of the Spirit mentioned in Galatians 5. They did not have temperance so the prophets were saying i can't help it when the spirit's moving i'm prophesying and then the guy right behind him would say well i can't help it something takes me over and when the spirit is moving i just start prophesying then another guy said it too but it was all happening at the same time and nobody was getting edified it was it was just Chaos, you might have some family members or friends where everybody tries to talk at the same time and then you can't understand anybody. And then finally you'll say, peace, you know, quiet. Uh, And then you might say, now what, what were you saying? Okay, be quiet. What were you saying? I got it, be quiet. What were you saying? When everybody's talking at the same time, It's chaos. So the prophets then were saying, I do not have control over my own spirit. These were the prophets saying that. And the people who had the gift in tongues were saying, well, I just don't have control over this thing. You know, when it starts moving, it just takes over and I lose control. So my, uh, there was, well, at one of our family reunions, one of our family members called another person a motor mouth. How do you think that went? Not very good. Uh, They they got really mad. Uh, Turn it down a little. Shut it off a while. But anyways, they got really offended. So you have three ways to look at this in free will. One is a fatalist. Whatever will be, will be. It's already determined. There's nothing we can do about it. And that is not true. That's not biblical. Que Sarah Sarah. Whatever will be, will be. Uh, fatalism. Our destiny is already determined. That's not true. You have free will, and if you learn to make wise decisions, you can change your future. You can change your whole life if you make wise decisions. So some of these people were fatalists. The other were uh, not taking accountability for their own actions. So as I said earlier, I just can't help it. When this spirit's moving, I just can't quit talking. You know, when I'm feeling this way, I just have to say something. It's just bubbling out of me. So they were not... Taking accountability. The the third group was passing the blame to somebody else. This is what humans do. Human nature, sinful nature. But notice, these were Christians, but they weren't spiritual Christians. They were carnal Christians. They had not matured in Christ, grown in grace. So they were blaming their actions on the Holy Spirit. You know, that, that is really a good justification when you do something wrong. And a lot of people do that. They'll blame it on God. So some are fatalists. It's already determined. We can't change it. Others say, well, it's not my fault. I'm not taking responsibility. And then other people, they blame it on somebody else. So with these gifts, and remember, they're already obsolete. They are replaced by the complete written word of God. Amen. In this dispensation but we want to look at this and so Baptists Bible believing Baptists and and I say it again if I did not believe we were right I would quit right now and go to the other church that I thought was right I've studied it for 40 years a Bible believer who takes the Bible literally who rightly divides the word of truth and understands dispensationalism. I know we're right. So, and and it ought to encourage you for some of you, some of you don't know what what you are a part of yet. Now, Now, think about this. Who baptized Jesus Christ? What was his name? John Baptist. Sometimes he's called John Baptist. I love that. John the Baptist, according to the sovereign will of God, who was the voice crying in the wilderness, there cometh one after me, whose shoes I'm not worthy to unloose. Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. John Baptist. I said, boy, you think you're proud. No, I don't. I'm just glad I'm right. He did not, was it John Episcopalian? Was it John Presbyterian? Was it John Catholic? Was it John Charismatic? No, John Baptist. I read it today. Luke called him John Baptist, like it was his last name. Now, we Baptists, we tend to be stoic. In other words, We don't live by feelings or emotions, we live by faith. And that's true, the just shall live by faith. But because of that, a lot of times we overemphasize stoic, not showing our emotions, versus sometimes we need to shout, praise the Lord, say amen, smile, get happy. There's nothing wrong with that. But we shouldn't be controlled by our emotions. The just shall live by faith. So what did Paul tell them who were prophesying? So let's look at this again. Look at verse 29. He says, uh, 1 Corinthians 14. Let the prophet speak two or three and let the other judge. All right. And if anything be revealed to another that sitteth by, let the first hold his peace. In other words, you will decide when you talk, you will decide when you listen. You cannot blame it on anything and even God that you lost control and it's not your fault or it's somebody else's fault. And then look at verse thirty one. For ye may all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be comforted, and the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets, for God is not the uh, author confusion, but a peace as in all churches of all saints. So the prophets prophesied by free will. So you know it Human dignity, propriety, if, if Brother Horgesheimer was preaching and I just stood up and interrupted and took over, uh, what, what would you think? Something's out of line here. This is not appropriate. So the Corinthians had chaos by no order. And so the same thing happened with the tongue's heresy. So I just want to remind you of this. I haven't dealt with this recently, in probably recent years. But when I first got saved, called to preach, I dealt with it quite a bit. It's called the charismatic movement. And so they preach, and this is, please listen, that you are not saved unless you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you have the evidence or the sign that you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and you have to speak in an unknown tongue. Now, this is, I'm sure it's in many churches in our area, very, very popular. This is a false doctrine, because the, Jesus said, a wicked and perverse generation seeketh a sign. Right. Yeah. All right, if you want a sign that you're saved, you are wicked and perverse, The Bible plainly tells us, how do you know you're saved? 1 John 5. This is the record. The Word of God was written. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that you have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. We have the promise of Almighty God that you're saved. Now also it says you have the witness within you. So when you get saved... The Holy Spirit comes in, your body is the, uh, the temple of the Holy Spirit. There is someone, the third person of the Godhead living in you, that witnesses you're saved. And you know it. Now, you do not need a sign. One of them is in Acts, it says, they were filled with the Holy Ghost and went and preached the Word of God with boldness. No signs, but I want, I want us to look at this because someday you're going to meet someone who sat under false doctrine, and you need to know what the Bible teaches about this. First of all, tongues no longer exist. We've studied this in 1 Corinthians 13. The complete word of God replaced the gift of tongues and interpretation and prophecy. There is no new revelation. All right? Nobody can say, I just got a revelation from God. No. Read the Bible. That is the revelation from God. So I want to just look at these regulations. And this is so amazing. These people are so deceived who claim they had the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They're so deceived, they violate every regulation in, the, in 1 Corinthians, even if they did exist. All right, so first of all, um, and, and I won't have you turn to this one, but in 1 Corinthians twelve twenty eight, tongues is the least important gift. It's the least important gift. You know what they make it? The most important gift. So they have turned the least important thing into the most important, which that shows you right there. There's something major wrong with that type of doctrine. All right, secondly, let's look at 1 Corinthians 14. Look at verse 4. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth who? Himself. But he that prophesieth edifieth the church. I would that ye all spake with tongues, but rather that ye prophesied. For greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret that the church may receive edifying." So, secondly, tongues do not edify the other members of the body of Christ. Doesn't edify, even if it did exist, only the person that's speaking in the unknown tongue. So, what? when we looked at this, 1 Corinthians 12, what's the purpose of the gifts? edification of the other members in the body of Christ to build up to strengthen encourage lift up to teach give wisdom and power to the other church members the other members of the body of Christ so tongues they don't even edify the other members so why do they emphasize it all the time there's something uh cattywampus what what is cattywampus uh, not right upside down it's not right you know it's and it's funny all you got to do is read this anybody can understand it number three let's look at uh verse 21 of first corinthians 14 it says in the law it is written with men of other tongues and other lips while i speak unto this people and yet for all that will they not hear me saith the lord he's talking about israel Wherefore, tongues are for a sign not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. But prophesying serveth not for them that believe not, but for them which believe. So we looked at this in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 22. The signs are for Israel. The Jews require a sign or they will not believe. So... What do tongues do? They're assigned to unbelieving who? Jews. Unbelieving Jews. So why is it that these charismaniacs use tongues to try to preach to believing Gentiles? Everything they do is backwards. So remember, a Gentile is any race of people who's not a Jew. you know, I don't think I'm a Jew. I might have some. I have some Scottish in me and Chickasaw Indian and some uh, Irish and English. Uh, But I'm sure there's some Jews here, uh, part Hebrew. But the tongues are a sign to unbelieving Jews. So even if they did exist, you'd have to have a revival in Israel or go to New York City somewhere where there's a lot of Jews and call in a lot of lost Jews, but it doesn't exist. So they're assigned to the lost and assigned to Jews. All right, look at verse 27 of 1 Corinthians 14. If any man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by two... Or at the most by three, and that by course, and let one interpret. So, even if it did exist, there can only be one or two doing it, and at the most three. Asta Tama tamabota. I should have bought a Kawasaki. I bought a Yamaha. Uh, faking it. The, everybody's doing it. No, at the most three. Once again, carnality to the core. Everything is backwards. At the most three. Next, there must be an interpreter, as we read. So many times, they'll just get up and say something. And they and a lot of them memorize it, too. They'll say these words strange languages and they'll just memorize something act like they're spirit-filled well I got to do this or I'm not saved if I don't have the sign of the baptism of the Holy Ghost Uh, and but then somebody has to be there with the gift of interpretation to tell everybody what you just said so let's just say I spoke something and there was one German person over there and came out that way, and he understood it in German, and then everybody else spoke French. It's just an example. There'd have to be somebody to interpret that to tell everybody else what happened. It's utter chaos. And the Bible says if everybody would agree in the church, in unity, when a visitor comes in, they will say God is in that place. But if there's chaos, what does it say? These people are mad. That's a bunch of crazy people. Everybody's talking at the same time. Nobody's listening. One guy's saying this, one guy's saying that. Strange things are happening. Uh, You know, they have that laughing spirit, too. You know, I don't know if you've ever heard about that evil spirit of laughing where everybody in the church is (laughs) Uh, You ought to look that up. They fall out into the pew and everybody just, (laughs) I mean, it's just absolute madness. That is not from God. Happy is the people whose God is the Lord, not crazy is the people whose God is the Lord. So, and I I can just go on and on about this. So the next, so next thing, well, this is the one that gets them. Women are forbidden to speak in tongues. And who are some of their best tongue talkers? Women. All right, so let's look at uh, verse 34. And don't get mad at me. Just read it. I'm the, I'm the mailman. Uh, I'm just telling you what God said. Verse 34. Let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak. But they are commanded to be under obedience As also saith the law, and if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home. For it is a shame for a woman to speak in the church. What came the word of God out from you, or came it unto you only? Uh, If any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things that I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord. But if any man be ignorant, let him be ignorant. Wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy and to forbid not to speak with tongues. Let all things be done what? Decently and in order. So at the time of this writing, these gifts were still in existence, in operation. They were in utter chaos. They were carnal. And so we want to get back to this. God gave us free will. You have a choice. To control your own spirit. So we need a revival of a godly spirit. We want our people to be joyful. Kind. Generous. uh, Peaceful. To be courteous. Right? You can decide if you get mad or not. You should decide if you're afraid of something or not. You should decide if you feel loved or not. You have free will. The spirit of the prophets are subject to the prophets. And so it's the quality and type of spirit you choose to live your life. What did Elisha say when Elijah went to heaven in the fiery chariot and the whirlwind? He wanted a double portion of the spirit of who? Elijah. Not the Holy Spirit. He said, I like the spirit of Elijah. I need double what he had. And he performed twice the miracles that Elijah did. And he was, remember, he was bald headed. There was those kids mocking him. And they said, Go up, thou bald head. They were, and God made a she bear come out of the woods and eat all the little punko kids that were making fun of the bald headed preacher. Um, man, it's quiet in here. But uh so, we're praying for revival, right? We have control of our attitude. You can smile if you want to. You, you don't have to be controlled by other people. You don't have to be controlled by the circumstances of life. You don't have to be dominated by the weather or money or what's happening to you or what somebody said to you that maybe wasn't a, a right thing or kind thing to say. You are controlled. You can be happy. You can smile. You can decide your life. That, I mean, that is good news. Amen. Because I'm telling you, that rainbow goddess is out there. It's come. And you know, the destroyer is out there. And Baal worship is coming back. They kick God out of the supreme, out of the court system, the schools, and something has moved in. And it is wickedly evil. These things are, we know it. If you put up your spiritual antenna and just discern. So we have free will to have a good attitude. Smile. Like the preacher said, your face won't crack. (laughs) You can laugh. If you think on things eternal, you can dwell on good things. You, You can be informed of what's going on, but don't dwell on it you will decide why the spirit of the prophets are subject to the prophets so notice i'm through the carnal prophets were saying i'm not in control of my spirit when this thing happens i just have to talk no you can decide when to say something how much to say how to say it when to stop saying it god gave us freedom and so, the best thing then is to realize you can use your free will to serve God. You can use your free will to earn rewards in heaven. You can use your free will to get wisdom. All right, let's stand. Let's pray for those who are sick, who need.